Welcome to Lucky 20, a new podcast from Mythonomica Productions. I'm your game master for this uh, new campaign, Beck, and I have three fantastic players and one extra person who we'll get to in a moment. So uh, if I can have my players introduce themselves real quick, uh, let's start with Haley. Hi, my name is Haley, and I will be playing Vega. She is a character who is a dweller of a secret underground society who wishes to explore the new surface world that she's introduced to. And so we will be learning more about her and the society throughout the game as we play, and hopefully more about secret background with perhaps aliens, question <laughs> mark? Uh, Oak, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm Oak. Um, speaking of aliens, I'm not one, but my character, the... Um, Former question mark, uh, Viscount Frixos Apocro de Cantarell. Um, or just Crow. You can just call him Crow. He's fine with that. Um, really wants to prove the existence of aliens. Um, because they are out there. And there is proof of this. And he wants to know what the fuck is up with this alien technology. Um, also, he's a vampire, but we don't have to worry about that. That's a sidebar. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of vampires, I'm Ray. I'll be playing Tana, who is a vampire. She is the next and final heir to one of the five families of Elias, and she is, she kind of sucks. She's kind of the worst, but we love her. She is girl bossing, is what she's doing. She's girl bossing. Like, if y'all yeah, seen um, some of the art, she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the girl boss in the art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have another person joining us. Um, so, Charles, do you want to explain what you're going to be doing for us um, in this campaign? Um, I'm Charles. I am going to be the uh, Game Master Assistant, more or less, or as um, Beck enjoys putting it, the paralegal for the game. Um, I'm going to be keeping track of notes and stats and rules um, so that these guys can spend more time making the story and less time worrying about what role to make or what rules are applied. Um, so I'll be sitting here with the rule book and with notes from previous sessions and just keeping all that info in check so that everybody else can focus on the story. Basically, Charles is enabling me to be a bad GM, and I really appreciate it. I mean, when you put it that way. I mean, that's, that's kind of let's go. I don't need I don't need you have freed me from having to actually know things like how to play the game. It's like, I'm going to do this, uh, Charles. Uh, no, you cannot. So it's like, you said this. I'm just like, ha, ha, never mind. Violated the law. Stop, you violated. Just insert that Skyrim. Just get like a, a buzzer sound. Like, Bring. Sorry, that's an illegal my dream journal. <laughs> you ruined my dream journal. So... Um, if you listen to our trailer at this point, you know that a little bit about our setting. So to give you a little information on our system, we're going to be using the Fate system by Evil Hat Productions. So Fate's existed for a couple years now. Um, I can't remember the exact publication here. I will look it up later. It'll just probably in our uh, show notes. And it is a system. It is a setting agnostic system. So the... you can pretty much. What's that, Charles? The copyright is for 2013. 2013, that's more than a few years. That is almost 10 years. Oops. No way, that's almost 10 years. Anyway. it's Yeah, it's a setting agnostic system. You sort of apply anything you want to it. We're applying this like post-post-apocalyptic fantasy sci-fi situation. Progressively more sci-fi as two characters have decided to be about aliens. 
You, you threw a bunch of shit at us, and we grabbed vampires and aliens. I don't know what you expected. <laughs> this sounds like, like a, like a B-real horror movie, and I'm here for that. Vampires and aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love that. Vampires versus aliens, coming to the iPod Touch October 2009. See, now I'm just picturing, like, Tana and Vega having, like, a little, like, slap fight of, like, a no! Yeah. <laughs> Tana pulls out a gun. A gun. <laughs> Her side beam. The one, the yeah. only gun. Yeah, no one. No, the other player characters do not like very explicitly do not have guns. Yeah, that is really important. Yeah, it is important. You know, as we play, um, Tana has a gun. It's part. And of No one character. else has a gun. Yeah, Tana's high concept is she has a gun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a few more things you should know about fate. Um, we'll also explain, you know, major rules as they come up in play. But Fate uses um, four dice. You use four D6s, or Fate dice, um, which have special symbols, plus, minus, or blank, to determine um, outcomes. So there's no, like, D20s. There's no, like, oh, roll, like, D8 damage kind of situation. It's just these four dice. You add your modifiers of different skills. Um, sometimes you have other extra bonuses, um, known as stunts. Or you can create bonuses using realities of your character or the setting um, called aspects. Or you can have disadvantages thrown at you with those same situations. So something that's good for you in one situation might be bad for you in another. Just like real life. Wow. And then we all hold hands. Sing Kumbaya. Yeah, that's what we're doing today. You came here for a tabletop role-playing game podcast. No, you're here for Kumbaya. Sing along. We're actually just recording, editing, and producing a group therapy session. Yeah, that's what's happening here. I mean, that is kind of just TTRPGs. That's D&D. Yeah, TTRPGs are... So whenever you're ready to start the Kumbaya, I'll just bring that out and strum the chord. It'll be fine. I don't actually (laughs) know the words to Kumbaya, I think. Mostly just Kumbaya over and over again, if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I want to hear you play Kumbaya on your violin, Charles. (laughs) How about I don't do that? Because I haven't okay, touched but... my violin in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but so we'll explain other major things that come up between Charles and I. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to take us into it. You ready, guys? Absolutely. Oh. Here we go. All right. The sun sets over the Elosian Plains, over an encampment. It's quiet to the point of silence. One might believe that this is a place of rest, but those who live on these plains know better. This is a place of emptiness. Three figures approach, departed from their home with the Hydressi family to find out what happened here to the longtime ally of the Hydressi, the family of the sky. For one of you, the Hydressi has always been family. You know some of the people suddenly gone from this encampment. Tana. As your eyes experience the relief of darkness, let's look back a few hours. Were you sent here, or did you volunteer to figure out what's going on? I I think I volunteered. Family of the Sky were a very important ally to the Hydressi family, and um, you know, once I take over as leader, I would you know like to have those allies secured and know where they are. And you know, if I save them, that's just a little a little extra something something. And, like, for you, um, being a leader is a little more permanent than it's going to be or has been for any other leader of your family. Because you're, like, the only vampire 
in your family, like, slash clan. Yeah. Turned a vampire a few years ago. Everyone thinks it should. I should be sad about it. I should be scared. But, you know, I'm gonna lead forever. Yeah, this, this is your world now. So, um, before you went out, um, you were approached by uh, your father. So, a person by the name of Pelias. So why don't you describe Pelias for me a little bit? What's Pelias look like? Um, Pelias is um, elven, um, tall, darker skin, broad shoulders. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds very fatherly, very like... Yeah, a, a real yeah. dad. <laughs> Real, a real dad, man. <laughs> he actually is your real dad. Yep. Helpful. That's helpful to this. <laughs> wow, we're on a plot twist 30 seconds in. Yeah, um, Tana's parents are her parents. Oh, oh shit, you guys. Mind blown. <laughs> Biological <laughs> child, I am your father. <laughs> Wait till you hear about their other parent also being their parent. <laughs> So um, he approaches you, you're getting ready to leave, and he like puts a hand on your shoulder, he's like, Tana, are you sure you want to go do this tonight? Absolutely, yes. We haven't sent scouts, we haven't scoped it at all, we do not know what else is out there. We don't know why these people are gone. Yes, and you have to find them. They would do the same if we had disappeared. I mean, I would hope so. I would. The, the whole council would, we all would hope, but the family rides a lot on you now. And there are others who are concerned to see you go seeking out trouble. I know you're a capable woman, but I, I also want to see you safe. What example are we setting if we do not help ones who trust us? So with that, I'm gonna have you roll a rapport roll. So yeah. roll your yeah, so roll your 4d6 and then add your rapport bonus to that. So whatever number you have for that skill. Okay. Um rapport is plus three. So that is uh plus one plus my bonus is I believe a three. It's the good level. Okay. Yeah. Let's see, oh, and then I will um I'll roll for for your dad. I rolled a zero. Awesome. So that is a success with style, which means not only do you succeed, you succeed with an additional benefit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that here is um Pelias, like he breaks into a smile and he like puts his hands like, you know, on like the outside of your shoulders. He's like, that's my girl. And that's what I and that's what I told them. Do you have enough? Do you have enough ammunition? I believe so. Yes. Um, and I take out my gun, check it. It's loaded. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not a responsible gun owner. I put it away. <laughs> Pocked uh, safety off in your <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, be careful, but also you have a handle on this. Um, and I I nod, bow my head. And gives you a little bit of a nod back. As you enter the camp, another vampire enters along with you. Uh, not a native of these plains, and not a familiar face to the people who ought to be here. Ex Viscount Frixos, what are you calling yourself nowadays? Uh, there are many things that people have called me. 
but perhaps uh, crow crow is fine. Crow's great. Crow's I great. almost just spit water everywhere. <laughs> I did not run this voice by anyone, nor did oh, I run it by incredible. myself. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. Thank you. This is off the dome. We're gonna just fucking roll with it. Good. It inspired. <laughs> yes. So, my my name in the past has been Viscount Frixos Apocro de Cantarell, but no one really calls me that anymore because I do not associate with that family. So we shall leave the technicalities aside, perhaps, if, if that's the word for it, which I don't think it is. But that's okay, because you could just call me Crow. It's fine. It's just a little nickname I made for myself. I think, I think it's kind of cute. Phrase, it's just a little nickname I made for myself. As everyone knows, the nicknames that you make for yourself <laughs> are the ones that stick the best. So, you know. Well, in my case, nobody is going to say the whole thing. Anyone's happy for any like shortening that they're given. <laughs> so, Crow, then. Uh, Crow. What brought you out here tonight? Because you've been staying with the um, Hydressy with um, Tana's family for a little bit. Uh, about how long would you say you've been with them? Probably a few months. I've been traveling for, I said a number of years, don't remember how many, I think probably like three. I've been, you know, out and about, eventually came across the Hydressy family and was like, moved it on their couch. Beautiful. So, what about like hearing about this like missing people made you go? I can do. I can help with that. I love investigation. That's my kind of my whole thing. I have done research for years and years, a very long, dedicated twenty-four years of eternal life, focused on learning about the secrets of the universe, and I just. I want to find out what could be out there because missing people, you know, perhaps there are people missing, but perhaps there's something else to it. Perhaps they could have, I don't know, ascended to the stars. All I'm hearing out of this is you came along because you're hoping this family was abducted by aliens. If you want to put it crassly, perhaps. <laughs> Great. Hey, every single miss missing persons case would be much more interesting if it was aliens, okay? There has been nothing presented to me thus far that says it is definitively not. Therefore. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Alright, so besides these two vampires with their, you know, almost decades of eternal life between them, <laughs> we um, see another person who a stranger could almost make themselves believe is of the same stock, a child of blood and night. But this one knows the comfort of a darkness even more enveloping than the night, the underground. So Vega, when was the first time you saw the stars? Probably when Crow found Vega. <laughs> Probably brought her from out from the underground. Otherwise, before that, it, the stars was just whatever light they were able to find the underground. <laughs> How long has it been since you've been back underground? Oh, I think maybe she's actually recently got back from the underground. I like to think that Vega has been with these two for maybe close to a month or so, if 
Oh has only been with the family for a few months. I think Vega is still very like fresh, but I mean sorta is starting to get her way around. She at least has changed into more modern clothes clothing per se. She's still barefoot walking around, but she has changed out of her nomad clothes, which would be mostly just rags and whatever animal hides they hunt underground and <laughs> Some normal <laughs> big rats. And, yes, <laughs> big mole rats or whatever. Oh, just imagining someone clad in an outfit of naked mole rat leather. <laughs> mm-hmm, great, <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> well, thank you for that lovely image. <laughs> then Vega, with your uh, bare feet, you feel as the ground turns from stiffer, rougher plains grass into the trampled dirt of this encampment. Pretty much everything to Vega is softer up here compared to the underground. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like this grass is so this dead grass is so soft. This plain dirt is so soft. Yeah, so soft. <laughs> I mean she was probably walking over like and climbing delectites and stalagmites of caves and things and so everything is a lot <laughs> All right, so as the three of you enter um, camp, uh, let me describe a little bit what you see. So this is an, a camp space that the family of the sky has returned to on a fairly regular basis. So it's not a permanent home, but it is um, clearly been used multiple times. So like I said, the grass has been beaten away. This area is dirt. There are 15 tents. And when I say tents, I mean like, Tents, like each of these, if a person was like living in them, you could probably have 15 to 20 people per tent. Not all of them are, you know, for like sleeping. There's also, you know, community gathering spaces, stuff like that. And once there aren't packed capacity for like leadership, you know, that kind of situation. But there are 15 very big tents arranged in a circle around a um, large cooking pit that still has charred remains of a fire in it. Camp looks pretty well set up, like everything was fully prepared. There is no animals left behind. You don't hear any like noise of like living beings at all within the encampment. So now it's up to you. How would you like to go about this? Tana turns to the rest of the group and goes, Does it make more sense for us to split up or for us to search all of them together? Well... There are three of us, so perhaps if we split up, we will get things done faster. That being said, if there is any, I don't know, danger lurking around the flaps of these tents, then it might be best we stick together. That is to say, I don't know. I primarily worried about you getting or getting put in danger. What? Uh, so what? Why me? Because Vega has, has moon magic. I... I have vampiric magic of the, the house Cantarelle descended through ages past. I'm not very good at it, but I have it. So you would be fine if we split up? Is an interesting question. I have traveled by myself for many years. It has not always gone so well, but I am still here. And alive, not only on account of the fact that I'm a vampire. Is that the end of the statement? It could be if you cut me off here. I could otherwise continue to blather. Alright, so let's split up. That would be fine with me. 
I already have my, like, magnifying glass out. Um, I'm, like, dual-wielding a hammer and chisel in one hand for no reason. We're intense. I just do a lot of digs. I love him. I love him so much. That is all. I shall start with that one on the left. Are you just picking a random tent? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna have you, um, Crow, I'm gonna have you roll a notice check to see if just sort of like like, ambiently existing, you've put any thought into this decision of what tent you're grabbing. But let's see. Okay, I have to do math. Um, it's a minus one, I think. A minus one overall? Yeah. Grabbed a random tent. Yeah. That's uh, plus your notice skill? Yes, that is plus my notice skill. I rolled um, three minuses and a plus, and I have a plus one. Sometimes it's like that. All right, so Crow heads off to just a random tent. Vega, Um, Tana. Vega, do you have a preference for where you start? I think I will start with the ground by the fire. See how long it has been since they've been here. Smart. All right. So we'll jump back to uh, Crow and to Vega. But first, Tan, I want to hear where you're going to go. Um, I think I'm going to start on the opposite end of the circle from where Crow started and the other half of the tent. Cool. So let's start. Okay. So Crow, we're going to start with you. So you, with your hammer, your chisel, and your magnifying glass. Which um, I cannot be using with two hands, but just don't worry about it. You push aside the flap and you enter a random tent. Everything is still packed up in here. So while outside it looked like, you know, camp was all set up and ready to go. Inside, everything is still in packs. It's like they never, yeah, like they never unpacked. Like everything was left how it was while they were traveling. Including like personal belongings. So there's not so much as, like, you know, bedding put together. It's it's all still in bags, in boxes. So they just got here before they disappeared. Um, roll an investigation check. That I can do. That I am good at. And hopefully I just don't roll, like, garbage. You know, okay. All right, all right, all right. It's a plus five. A plus five. Okay, so with a plus five, you go up to the packs and, you like, you run your hands along them and you realize... There is a fine layer of dust, which shouldn't have been able to get in here with the tents, except for that you remember a couple of days ago, there was a little bit of a windstorm. Not crazy uncommon for this time of year, but it would have been enough that it would have, like, blown the dust in here. I do lick it, not for any particular reason. I just, like, (laughs) in in the investigator way, I, like, dip my finger in it, lick it, and I'm like, hmm, dust. When was the last time Crow ate real people food and not vampire um, appropriate food? Um, honestly, probably pretty recently. Okay, I you're good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What does that mean? <laughs> it means that if you go a long period of time without eating people food, your body stops being like knowing what to do with like actual digestion and stuff in your body. <laughs> you're gonna get a tummy ache from licking stuff. That kind of is what happens when you lick stuff. Um, but the dust tastes like dust. Um, and dust it's been tastes there. like dust. How long has it been there? How thick is the layer of dust? You know that it has to have been here at least three days. Okay. Um, and 
it doesn't fa- yeah, fact look like everything was left here. It doesn't look like it was recently untied or anything like leading up to that storm. Also with a plus five, I think I'll give you, you notice a couple of the packs have a um, symbol either like pressed into them for boxes and leather items like embossed or sewn onto them for soft goods. Okay. It's an eight-pointed star with an unknown rune in the center. Unknown rune? But I know runes. Is this a rune I don't know? I'll let you roll lore for that. Aha! I can roll lore. Unless I roll really bad! Remember um, that one of your stunts is that you get to add- it's Historian's Hunch, so you get to add another plus two to lore. Yeah, the thing is, that is a- oh wait, where's my character sheet? Why does it always not open when I need to roll things? Okay. So much math in this game. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I will use Historian's Hunch. Awesome. So that will give me a uh, three. <laughs> okay. No, not even to you. Even you don't know this one. That's fair. Um, that also makes it more foreboding. Because I know things about things. That's my whole deal. Okay, I'll grab something. Like a little trinket or something with the symbol on it. Yeah, there's like a small pack that you guess is probably someone's like, like, like some like clothes or something that you can easily carry like under your arm out to show people. And I will leave the random tent and perhaps think, actually have have a thought about which the next one I go into. We're going to step away from Crow for a sec, and we're going to go to Vega. So Vega, you're expecting the fire pit? Expecting the fire pit and probably the ground around the main area, seeing if any tracks or anything lead to anywhere, or she can distinguish any sudden disturbance. Can you give me an investigate roll to start with? No. <laughs> I, I like negative three, and I don't have any investigative, so uh, it, it do be the ground. <laughs> ground! You it's notice that the ground is made of ground. Yeah, look at that. Um, <laughs> so, for let's see. So, for reasons, for reasons, maybe you'll find out on account of the reasons. I am going to let you, if you would like, you may spend a fate point to re-roll that, as you are a fallen star. Fucking aliens! Is this aliens back? You'll get to know if you roll good. We'll get use a fate point because aliens right. <laughs> rolled good. I just went into a random tent. You're good at the game, but your character goes into a random tent. He's so <laughs> stupid. Can I use notice instead of investigate? I will let you use notice, but it will be a harder check. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I got a plus but, two. Okay, so with a plus two, we're going to narrow your search a little bit. We're not going to make it like a strip. You get nothing, but like we're going to narrow what you actually learn. Um, Can you name one, like, thing about the ground around camp that you'd like to know about? Probably if there's a big disturbance. No. As a matter of fact, the only footprints you notice having left camp, like, co- like come into or out of camp, are your own and those the two people who just came with you. The ground otherwise looks fairly undisturbed. How many people were here? Uh, this was a decently big family. So, you know, with the Elogian families, it's, they're essentially um, clan families. They're very, they're very big extended groups. So this was like a um, hundred some people. 
they were camping here for a while. They came back here regularly with like, you know, the cycle of seasons. This is one of their like main ah. campgrounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, yeah if looking just for like disturbance in the ground, it's if it weren't for the fact that there's a camp set up here, you would assume no one had been in this spot. Like no people had been in the spot for ages. Mm-hmm. All right. So Tana, you wanted to um, go into a tent, just like cross the way from Frixa, split the difference. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. I assume we're going to be looking in every single tent. All right, so you, by some, you know, some luck, realize that when you've entered the tent that this one's not set up like a um, basic, um, you know, like sleeping tent. This one appears to have been a community gathering space. You do still find everything packed up, similar to, you know, what Crow found. Yeah. Um, However, in addition to everything being packed up, you also find dug into the floor of like the tent into the into the earth, a eight pointed star with an unknown rune at the center. Well, that's not good. I think at this point I call for Crow. Um, Sort of pop my head out of the tent and I'm like, "Uh, Crow? Yes. How can I help you? Do no runes? Most of them. Okay, come here. Oh, of course. Uh, how, how may I help you? Um, and I sort of point at the pointed star with the rune in the center on the floor, and I'm like, uh, do you know what that is? Uh, that is fascinating, because I do not. Um, I did just find this exact symbol in the other tent, though, so perhaps it has some sort of relevance. Though, as to what that relevance is... I have no idea. Can we sort of like look in all of the tents to see if they all have the similarly the similar star? Uh yeah, roll investigate for me. Um so fate has a mechanic where for like helping each other, where if you're like, you know, lending someone help, we only need one person to roll for the group. And it's the person whoever has the highest relevance skill. Right, Charles? That's how that goes. Because I said it, and then my brain went, are you sure? Are you really sure? I believe so. That sounds right. I can double check that, though. All right. Okay, well, uh, my, well, invest- my investigate is really good. Yeah, I don't have investigate, so you go. <laughs> right. uh, Vega, do you want to jump in on this? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm around. Right. Might as well help. Yeah, so um, okay. I think it might still be crow rolling on account of... You Plus know, forward investigate. The- yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Crow's okay. still rolling. No one rolling anyway. But just wanted to okay. check in. Okay. So that's plus five. With a plus five, you um, as you like, you know, peek into each of the tents. Yeah, that symbol's on like almost everything. It's on. It's on clothing. It's on personal items. It's on. It's on some of the tents themselves. Um. Also, because you specifically said you went into all the tents. I will say you also now have a good idea of what tent is for what. So you know, oh, these are like the community like community gathering spaces. This is an eating tent. This is where everyone sleeps. This is um the leader's tent. Um as Family Sky had one individual leader. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Um as someone who probably would have interacted with them, do I know if this is like just like an emblem of the people of the sky, or if this is something I've never seen before. Give me a lore check. Like, literally roll a positive number. I got a plus one to this. 
Oh no, that's not what I wanted at all. Sorry. Um, minus one, and then I add one to it, so a nothing. A flat zero. Okay, so with a flat zero, I'll say this it's unfor- This is unfamiliar to you. This is not like a symbol you've I, seen associated with this before. I relate that to the rest of the group. I say I've never seen this before. Um, I didn't know what it is either. Vega, what did you find? Looking around the ground, it's said that this camp was for a hundred people. It doesn't even look like people have been here for ages, have lived here. would see signs of living. There's nothing. How long ago did the family of the sky disappear? Um, y'all noticed their absence two days ago. Two days ago. Well, so you said that has... the dust was at least three days. Yes, it has been at least three days since they have disappeared. Also, the dust tastes like dust. It is just normal dust. Incredible info. Thank you so much, Crow. I do what I can to help. Eat dust here. No, you we are going to kill here. your game master <laughs> before you guys get through one session. So, what? What did you find by the fire pit? I know you just said this. I, I, the player, spaced out for two seconds. Can you just repeat out of character? So what happened was she rolled a plus two and got nothing. Yes. Okay. Um, can I try to snoop around the fire pit? Yep, it is a plus five. I would really hope you would not eat, you know, like, the charred remains of fire. I might. You might. You don't know me. Um, uh, plus six. A plus six. Okay, that does it. Um, the fire pit is, um, there's charred remains in it. They're, you know, covered with a fine, you know, layer of dust from the storm. It's totally cold. Nothing has been cooked here in a while. Something was obviously cooked here recently enough that there's still, you know, like, charcoal and burnt remains of, like, wood. But not recently enough that there's any warmth remaining. This is not coming back. You also notice, though, with your plus six, that there is a, like, shimmery metallic powder on some of the wood. Of, like, the char- like charred wood remains. I get very close to licking it. <laughs> as as Crow gets very close. <laughs> yeah, as Crow gets very close to licking it. Uh, Vega, can you roll a notice for me real quick? Oh boy, let's go. Yeah, no, Vega's watching very intently. Like, oh, you couldn't eat the dust. Oh, hot. Do you have notice? I think. Okay, yes. Plus three. Plus three. Yeah, with a plus three, um, I'll say that you, like, see this, like, shimmery, like, dusty substance, and you're, you're drawn to it, you realize it, like, it makes you feel, like, you get more alert as you pay more attention to it, not unlike how you feel after returning home to recharge your magic, to recharge your essence in the crystals of the void of the underground. Do I know? Is that something you should eat? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know because you're used to seeing this crystal in like a giant block form. Yes. Like it was probably something like, you know, little kids there to like, hey, I dare you to lick it. Or like, like, the, like, same, goats, like the same way. Like the battery. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, but, if, yeah. but if little kids, if little kids dare each other to lick it, then that means it is lickable. It means that's what you're saying. But it also means you should lick it. Kids don't it's like kids when kids eat batteries. You shouldn't eat batteries. 
once. Everything is lickable once. I think this is more like kids eating grass than batteries. Yeah, like that's it's like that's what it is. That kids don't dare each other to eat things you should eat. Yes, but they also rarely dare each other to eat things that will kill you. So, you know, and they're not eat. they're not doing it for lore. I'm doing it for lore. Okay, so if okay, I will allow there to be some kind of roll if you lick it. A roll will happen. <laughs> Something will happen. I will say that. Does <laughs> Before I lick the powder, can I scope it out with my other senses? Yes, you may sniff the powder. <laughs> I crow. sniff crow. I do not eat that. Do not eat <laughs> the powder that you found. I am not eating it. I am sniffing. I'm, I'm snorting. I investigating its aroma. The powder. I'm gonna have you make two rolls. Okay. First, you're gonna make a physique roll to make sure you don't accidentally snort the powder. <laughs> well, I'm bad at physique. Um. All right. That's a minus two. Oh. Uh, I would recommend. I think. Is it night time? It is. It is night time. Yes. Y'all wait to go out I until will night use, time. I will use moonlit my. To re-roll my physique roll. <laughs> okay, that's a plus two. Okay, you managed to not snort the powder. Now you may roll investigate. Now I will roll investigate. Ha! That's a plus six. What the fuck? I have plus four. I just rolled good. You do, good. you do. Um, so with a plus six, it doesn't smell like much. It mostly just smells like campfire. It doesn't have a strong aroma of its own. Maybe a little metallic? Maybe a little bit like river water? But yeah, it's not super distinct in its scent. Because it's so close to your face, you can also tell, though, from like the shimmer that you think this is probably more like a powdered like rock versus a metal. A rock that has been ground into a powder. For what purpose? I don't know. But it is sparkly and it smells like nothing exciting. I put the crystal that I have like closer to like this metallic dust and see if like you know batteries they sometimes react to each other when you put a battery next to a battery. Yeah. Um. Can you describe for me what would happen if you did that? Um. With like the big main crystal underground, like when you return your crystal to the big crystal. What happens to the crystals, I imagine it's most, I, what I think of is just like, you know, Atlantis. They have those little crystal things that they wear, and once they get closer to, like, machines or, or other crystals, they kind of glow. They're next to, so, like, Vega gets back to her home underground, she goes up to the big crystal, and then her crystal starts glowing, and that... Then it just glows brighter and brighter, and at some point she figures it's like, yeah, that looks pretty bright, <laughs> and it looks charged. <laughs> when your phone's at like eighty-seven percent, and you're like, that'll make it. Yeah, eighty-seven is so much. We're talking like forty. <laughs> My phone battery's pretty shit. <laughs> okay, so one more question about that glow. Does it have any sort of color to it? I kind of want to say, uh, like the purple. The purple, and it'll be a purple crystal. Okay. So, for a moment, your crystal starts to glow purple, and then a 
white light creeps up it as um crow's like finger with the powder on it also starts to glow um purple as if it's like leeching the purple out of your crystal i have unlocked magic the power of the house cantrell is running through my veins that i don't have because i'm a vampire i have veins they are full of nothing except for i guess this purple you do have them maybe i don't know Vega kind of reaches over and wipes off the dust from his finger. <laughs> um, Vega, can you make a physique or magic check for me real quick? <laughs> it's not like she's overly trapped. She's just kind of like... <laughs> yeah, but like as you come into contact with the dust, can you make a magic or a physique check? Your choice. Yes. Magic. It's a plus four for me. Oh. Ooh, that magic. Can you officially add magic to the list of skills? At some point. So, um, so yeah, quick note for the audience following along at home. Bait comes with a default list of skills. However, also encourages you to subtract and add to that list as makes sense for your setting. So magic's not one of their like default skills, but we will have magic in this game. Stuff be happening. Hold up, hold up. You're telling me you got like a magic user as part of the party and there's magic in your world? That's crazy. That is so uh, yeah. crazy. How's Crow going to do magic of the house Cantarelle if there's no magic? <laughs> yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Also, quick, you know, lore note. Tana, you know for a fact you still have veins. Uh, no, <laughs> I definitely have veins. <laughs> do I have veins? Yes, you that have my veins. Question. What is in them? Have you ever injured yourself? Quick question. A high probability that I have. Absolutely. A dark blood-like substance is in your veins. Have I ever licked it? I'm positive that I have. If you're going to ask me, I have definitely licked it. (laughs) So, Vega, about the magic. (laughs) It was a plus five. Plus five. Okay, so as you have this dust in this finger, um, something like instinctual in yourself sort of like almost screams at you to get it off. Sort of like how you know, like you know, when you touch like boiling water or a flame, like you know, your instant reaction is to pull your hand away. Like your your body knows when it's being hurt, and while you don't see any physical harm happening to you, your body is like immediately like tells you you are being hurt. She will do that then. She will react violently. Like, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you are, you are fine. You don't take any physical damage or mental damage here. But mm-hmm. touching this stuff gave, gave you in particular like the signal of, I am hurt. This is hurtful. This is damaging. Mm-hmm. But it didn't hurt me. Is this a... All I know is it feels bad. It's... Well, now I have to know, and I touch the dust. <laughs> yeah, Tana, you're fine. <laughs> you're like, wow, this dust dusty. Be dusting. You just got, you've you've all learned how you react to the dust. So, what happens? I I take I'm gonna take out my fucking whatever the thing I have that has the symbol on it. Yeah, yeah, you've got like a piece of cloth, like a little yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna That's take okay. a little bit of the dust and sprinkle it on the little symbol. Uh, nothing happens. Okay. Well, 
This is nothing like the magic of House Canterelle. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Tana, can you make a quick notice check for me? Um, what do I add to notice? Nothing. That's another zero. I will let you, if you would like, invoke the aspect I know somebody or I pay somebody to know somebody. On account yeah. of the fact that you know these people. You you know the family of the sky. Absolutely. Okay. That's a reroll? Uh, you can reroll or you can add plus two. I would recommend going with a reroll here. Right. I will reroll. Um... You also okay, so minus Pick one. Myself up. Oh, oh, I got a minus four. Okay, well <laughs> well it was love losing. That is not girl boss of you. I should take in the plus. Uh, well nothing happens, but you know, also nothing yeah, nothing happens. I think Vega would like to see if she can find any more traces of this powdery dust anywhere, and I'm now that she knows that, like, what it looks like and, like, what... Could she maybe do a magic check of, like, seeing if she could see the kind of, like, magical aura things? Much like the, you know, the D&D thing. Detect magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, roll magic and see if you can detect, like, you know, a sense of it, like, about. Magic. Plus four to magic, and I rolled a three, so that's a plus four, five, six, seven, math. Nice. Seven. Okay, so with a plus <laughs> seven, you open yourself up to your magic and open yourself up to the world around you to see what there is to know here. And you can tell, you can sense in the fire pit so much more of that dust. Like it's all over the wood, it's all over the char, it's in the dust. That powdered substance is there. Um, as you glance around, you get brief senses of magic from the other tents. You know, things that are pretty familiar to this world. Talismans, potion jars, things that are pretty normal to find in people's personal belongings. Um, there's a tent where most of the medical supplies were stored, which has some magic stuff in it. Not crazy surprising. Um, you sense the same magical signature as the powder in the fire pit coming from only one other tent. It's a tent that y'all identified earlier when you poked your head in every tent as belonging to the head of the family of the sky, uh, Paquin. I feel like she kind of got lost in her own world too, so she hadn't really said anything before she just kind of starts walking off. <laughs> right, so uh, just starts going. <laughs> where are you going? Magic. I'm following this. <laughs> Turn to Crow and I'm like, we should go with we should go with absolutely <laughs> let's go with and we follow i awesome. have taken out a notebook and i am uh, taking notes about this magic it's currently nothing my notes are just there is magic and sparkly dust that following the bad I magic. Not allowed to <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah you're led directly to pakin's tent tana you know pakin like you mm -hmm. you you met them he was always like a little weird like not like weird that you're like yeah no I can't be around this guy but they were mm -hmm. definitely like a little bit off like a little like they like their head was lost in the clouds all the time mm -hmm. like they were more focused on you know great big picture like 
spiritual stuff than the day-to-day needs of the family. Like, you always would get, like, on the edge of irritated with um, his, like, flowery language and his, like, seeming, like, almost lack of um, involvement in the work of running a tribe, of running a family and a group. I'm not going to put feelings on you, but... He definitely had a very different leadership style than yeah, Tana and I, what Tana sees in her own, her own family. I definitely knew this guy and we were allies, but I did not think very highly of him. Yeah. It was one of those situations where you're like, I'm glad I'm immortal because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also give you that you know that Pekin was a human. Was, you say. Well, <laughs> Bikin's not here. Now, is he? <laughs> Could be out there. Well, okay, they they are a human, or they were a human. Either way. I'm trying to catch you on a technicality here. <laughs> At some point, they have been a human. Yep. Yes. Last time Tana checked in, Pekin was a human. Well, things change. Um, so are, we're just snooping around his tent. <laughs> Yeah, you're just snooping around Pekin's tent. Can I um, roll a snoop around his tent? Roll, uh, roll snoop. Um, that roll investigate. <laughs> Can I roll magic again since I'm just following this magic trail? Petition to rename right. investigate to snoop. <laughs> Say another plus six. We can rename it to Snoop if you set up a soundboard that plays a Snoop Dogg um, like snippet every time someone rolls investigate. We can rename it to Snoop as long as we also get a skill called Dog. Okay. <laughs> roll to dog. <laughs> I would love to roll to dog in all honesty. Roll to dog. I, I don't I see what's your confusion. Um, but yes, I did roll a plus six. Okay. Um, and Vega, did you make your magic check? I did. It was a plus one. I rolled a negative three. It's very Ouch. sad. Yeah. Um, you can identify a couple places in the room where this powder is stored. There's some satchels. You notice they like um motor and um pestle where it's been like being ground out but you don't know there's no extra magic stuff except for um a circle of it on the ground well that's spooky it's yeah. a circle yes there's a circle of the dust on the ground like a ri- like almost like a ring of salt mm-hmm. oh god right near the star the star is heavily present in this room like it's okay. been you know um, painted on the inside of the tent. It's on some writing supplies. Um, with that's terrifying. Yeah, with crows. Um, investigate. It's on like every pack. It's you. Um, find as you're like you know going through the tent. You find tattooing equipment that has you know magic residue on it. Um, the same powder. Um, powdered magic residue. And you find a journal that has that symbol like in like big like covering the whole front cover um also drawn like very small like over and over on the back uh, tana turns to the rest of the group and holds up the journal and says i'm just gonna say it something bad happened here so much bad magic around i have to agree well this does not look good there is a circle in the middle of the room that is uh, probably containing something we should not fuck with that. Trying to keep something out. How do, I, I wonder if it's a mercantile thing. If they're selling it, like, it's sort of on the, on the down low, as they say. 
Uh, Vega, you said this was that, that magic? Crystal. It reacts. What do you think would happen if someone had it tattooed into them? Vega, I'm going to have you roll a lore check for me real quick. Ooh! You have a plus one in lore. Plus three. Okay. So magic tattoos are a concept that is known to you. Okay, you cool. can't say for a fact what happened if this stuff was tattooed into someone, like if this was treated as tattooing. But you can say you've seen people use tattoos using magical items or magic intent to like um, boost their own magical ability um, to let them ambiently cast a spell all the time to protect them. It's also used like as a communication spell on a pretty regular basis. So pretty much, um, yeah, magic tattoos, totally a thing, mostly used for something you want to just be able to do on a whim versus like an active, like, casting situation. Okay. So I've seen tattoos like this before. They, how do you say, project magic without having magic themselves. So if someone had a tattoo that projected magic and the magic was bad, did that destroy someone? Mm. The dust just took the magic from my crystal to amplify its own. Maybe not per se bad magic. So what you're suggesting, it could be a permanent amplifier spell that they have tattooed on themselves. Precisely. That can't be great either. So what should we do here? Should we fuck with all of this? Or should we leave it be? We came here to look for the family of the sky. The family of the sky is not here. We have very few leads on where they could be. And the fact that they've harnessed this mineral that can give magic that hurts Vega and they may have tattooed it on themselves there's a weird star with a rune you don't know which is crazy because you know a lot of things I do despite the fact that you always want to (laughs) eat dust and that is only sometimes intelligence low wisdom I don't know if there's anything else here can help us. Seems that the only thing that may help us would be to break this circle. You just told us not to do that. Well, if it's for answers and there's no other choice, we just may have to prepare for danger. Um. I remember reading a book (laughs) in a house, something along the lines of Pandora's box. (laughs) I pull out my gun and I'm like, all right, break the circle. <laughs> so you shoot to the circle. Oh, I have you someone. Shoot it? I, I'm just prepared to shoot whatever comes out of the circle. I will get down on my hands and knees and take one finger and gently slide a tiny little dash in it. Swear if you eat that. I'm not going to eat it. Yet. Crow. You kneel down and lift your and you shaky finger, you 
push through this barrier, destroying this perfect circle of powdered something. And nothing happens. Sure. <laughs> I, nothing can happens. I roll something to make sure that nothing happens? Yeah, you can roll notice. Hmm, that's really interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, so how's, how's um, a uh, plus four? Does nothing happen? So with a plus four, uh, I need to ask you a really particular question. Absolutely. So what finger did you pick up the dust <laughs> with before? My left index finger. And what finger did you push the dust with this time? Left index. Gotta say, it was probably the same one. <laughs> okay. You start to feel like a little bit of like a tingly on your finger, almost like it's fallen asleep. And you look at it, and your skin is going from its normal, you know, vampiric paleness to gray. I don't think this is good. <laughs> it's really bad. I just, I dump some water on it to try to wash it off. Yeah, like you totally wash it off, and like it takes a couple of minutes, but the color does start to return to your finger. What little color there is. Yeah, but like, you know, it's enough that you can tell something happened. Interesting. Well, that was bad. Do we have any other ideas? Perhaps there's more on this symbol somewhere? Somewhere would else in your studies? Would y'all like a rundown of the facts as you know them? Yes. Yes. Yeah, very helpful. Here's what you've learned so far. There is this symbol, like the same symbol, etched, painted, sewn onto like a lot of shit, but especially in Pekin's tent. Like it's like everything in Pekin's tent has it on it. The fire pit has this powdered substance that reacts to especially strongly to Vega and her crystal, but does also appear to have reacted to Frixos with enough skin con uh, prolonged skin contact. Um, you know that there's not enough like disturbance in the ground for people to have been here, or at least not the number of people who should have been here. Um, you also know the camp has been abandoned longer than you, at least one day longer than you knew, if not longer than that. Mm -hmm. Objects that you found that are relevant, so the powder, obviously, and this now disturbed circle on the floor of Pekin's tent. You've also found tattooing equipment and a journal. journal. I just remembered, I never opened the journal. <laughs> I just like there's it has bad vibes. <laughs> You're like yeah, evil book. Bad vibes. <laughs> Can I open the journal? <laughs> you may open the journal. Can we ruin his I've, dream journal? I've unlocked your. Yes. I've, I've beaten your journal puzzle. <laughs> okay, so you open the journal and the inside is like methodically scribbled out, like. Every single page has been totally inked over entirely, um, except for the last few pages, which is written <laughs> in some kind of code. It's not the writing used by most of the Elosians. Can I decipher the code? Let's see, what would I like you to roll to decipher code? Here are the skills I'm good at. I'm good at investigate, <laughs> lore... Crafts, resources, magic. Well, obviously it's gotta be burglary then. <laughs> well, fuck! <laughs> uh, I'll let you roll lore if, to see if you know the code. 
good respectable plus five. With a plus five, you think you know the code. It's a very old code that you're kind of surprised that um, Pakeen, um would have known, seeing as um, he spent his whole life out on the plains over here. And you know this code like actually isn't from the continent of Renga. You only know it because you're, you know, you're so learned. However, you're if you want to decipher it, it's gonna take you um, like an hour or two. Well, I could study this. It may take some time. Perhaps we can light a fire and uh, hang out as the youngins do. New fire, not the bad one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> new fire. <laughs> And yeah, we, I builds a new fire pit, um, so we don't disturb the old one. As you sit around the fire with Pekin's journal, it slowly reveals its secrets to Crow. And when it does, you realize it reads like a to-do list. There are five items on the list, all of which are surrounded by like notes and like sidebars um, Pekin was having with um, himself. So the first one is Time. Notes written around it saying false snow. Um, and then need a mortal, maybe cold. So y'all um would know, well, Vega might not know, but Tana and um Crow would know. Uh Time is a particularly tall mountain on an island just south of Elios. So that's point number one. Point number two is dragon north or south okay all right so the third is former construct crow with the code former is capitalized which so far only Time has been leaving you to probably assume that means former like the former communities of um the continent of orisa so the formers on orisa are groups of people who are still trying to rebuild after that continent was left essentially dead in the final fall. Uh, the fourth point, you spend a lot of time on this one, Crow, because you want to make sure you translate correct, and this is not some sort of like bias in yourself. Because the fourth point says, those canterelles, they know things. I mean, yes, we do. We know many things. <laughs> okay. All right, and the last note says, Temple connections make a grid with a arrow drawn to a rune. It's a different rune than the one you guys have seen in the eight point star. Yeah, Crow, if you want to roll to see if you know this one, go ahead. Um, I mean, Vagar, you know, Tana could too, but Crow definitely has like an advantage here. That's not very good. That's uh, only a plus two. Okay. Yeah, with a plus two, I think you do get it. Because okay. you. Yeah. So, you know this rune is associated with a particular um, deity, one of the known. So, deities that are in regular contact with the people of Sinteros and, you know, have known um, powers and abilities and connections with the world. So, the name of this um, deity is Spereza. So, after you reveal the information, I am... I'll let any of y'all, if you would like to, roll lore to see if you know anything about Spereza. Um, can I invoke I know someone or I pay someone to know someone? Uh, you sure can. Why don't you roll and then see if you need it. Okay. So I'm looking for like a um, 
We'll say like a four or higher. Um, and it's a lore roll. That's a lore roll. Um, yeah, I just got. A I one. got another two. Well, I can invoke historian's hunch to make that a four. Yes, I'd say go for that. Alrighty. Goodbye, fate points. Vega, um, Tana. Um, uh, I'm gonna assume Vega doesn't know. Yeah, I just got a one. I figure Crow will know this. Okay. So, and luckily Crow does. Um, Mm -hmm. Crow, you don't have any, like, personal connection to Spreza, but you do, like, on an intellectual, you know, like, um, you know, academic level know of them. So Spreza is known as, also known as the subterfuge, or blank smile, or bend backwards. They're um, one of actually very few deities that has... Um, followers all over the world. However, their help is known to come often with in- ulterior motives, come in bizarre forms, or even be a kind of se- like prank or cruel joke they seem to be playing on their followers, or something that maybe could really genuinely help them if they know how to use it. Sort of like, you know, like how it's like genies, like, oh, you like you make a wish, but the genie's gonna like twist it around. So you did technically get your wish. However, I propose a monkey's paw for another name. <laughs> <laughs> you could you can call Spereza monkey's paw if you would like. I don't think I will, but I think <laughs> it would be funny. We could. <laughs> we could. You, I will not tell you what, but I will promise something will happen if you call Spereza monkey's paw to their face. I can't think of the 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 full sentence of the monkey's paw. <laughs> There's a um, sentence, there's an action involved with the monkey's paw, my brain's blanking. Uh, is this a thing with, like, hold it, like, getting your hand stuck in the cage? No, it's a thing that's just, like, the last finger on the monkey's paw or some shit. Yeah, it crawls inward. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's what happens. Um, does Crow relate this to the rest of us? Yeah, I, I would tell the rest of you. Okay. Um, so, do we think that this is Spereza's doing, this disappearance? I have that power? Carl, say with your role, you, um, you don't know um, if an eight-pointed star being a symbol of Spreza, like, that's not a known symbol of Spreza to you. And the rune in the eight-pointed star is a different rune than the one that symbolizes Spereza. I don't know if there's a direct connection between that and this. He seems to have many uh, things on his itinerary. Um, I There's some way that this book connects to all of this, but fuck if I know. Alright. Well, first item on that list was Time. We know where Time is. They're not here, but they could be there. False snow is interesting because this powder is almost like an artificial snow. In in a way. Because it's a powder. Yes. What is snow? What is Well, I I would say if we go to Team A we would show you, but perhaps the snow there is false and you would not get the accurate experience things that fall from the sky. <laughs> it is rain, but cold. <laughs> Not sure if it's rain since, but <laughs> probably. I will say, Vega has experienced rain 
once. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a wacky experience for her. <laughs> a cat, like, oh my god. It's falling from the it's, sky. Yeah, it's kind of sharp. Top things Thinking of sleep. Well, no, because it's it's like it's like pinpricks when it it falls on you. I guess <laughs> it depends on the power of the wind. <laughs> it is very fluffy, and you can make it to two orbs, and the light reflects off of the orbs, and it is beautiful and wonderful. And my cousin threw one at me once, and it was not fun. I'm loving vampires trying to explain <laughs> everyday things. <laughs> My cousin Luke is a nuisance, as we all know. Did throw snowballs at me. Yes, Luke. <laughs> How is he, by the way? I, he, um, he has been severely disciplined, and we have been trying to teach him to, uh, not eat too much candy, and Ten. control his impulses. Um, I have not seen him in three years, but he was um, still a troublemaker. But, you, you know, we're, we're, we're working on it. I am so sorry, by the way. I, I can never apologize enough for his behavior. I keep telling you, there's nothing to be sorry about. Everyone thinks I it should suck, but it doesn't. Do you think it sucks? Because I don't think it sucks. Well, I don't know anything else. It's just if you had to, to if you had to add a description to your existence, like what would it be? My existence has been pretty awesome up until this point. My existence has been, and it will be. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It's I. I understand that you are happy with with being turned. It's just simply a rude thing to do to someone. Uh, it's not not exactly proper etiquette to uh, go up to a random person at a party and bite them. Um, and we have been teaching him manners. Well, I have to edit out my laughing to make this, like, <laughs> intelligible. Are <laughs> we go to Time? That's very far. I mean, we're already traveling. That is true, yes. How far is Time? Like, months-wise? Yeah, how far is Time? Well, quick question. Are y'all walking? No. Do do y'all have, like... Okay, so, what's your mode of transport? An Um, Uber. (laughs) Yeah, like an Uber. (laughs) You have... Is there such thing as teleporting yet? Teleport magic does exist in the world, but you'd have to travel to the teleport magic, which is not uh-huh. closer than Time. Skyships and shit, yeah. There are some skyships. I don't think y'all have access to that. You might have access to um like land speeder-esque vehicles. Can we we can get an ATV? Yes, huh? you can take an ATV to the mount of mountain of Time. <laughs> Yeah, Excellent. That take. This is wonderful. Two vampires and an alien ride an ATV. Yeah. So yeah. So three people on um on fantasy ATVs would probably be a three day ride. Oh, that's not too bad. Um, you can go pretty fast fine. on a fantasy ATV. Yeah. 
Now these ATVs. I will tell you, say to you, Team A is on an island, so once you get to the coast, you're gonna need to figure out a boat situation. I like yeah. the bikes in Pokemon Sword and Shield that like they get like rubber like inflated tires when you go onto the water and you just keep going. Listen, <laughs> I know a guy. Um, this is I, have I know a, a boat guy. <laughs> you know a boat guy. I know a boat guy. Um, the ATVs are these technology that I know, or is this newfangled? This is new to uh, Crow. Great. Uh, I ride on the back of Donna's ATV. So you're making Vega drive an ATV. You're not, you can't, you're yeah. not on the same, like, like, you know, yeah, off-roader. Like. Okay. Is it, does it resemble any technology that I know? Yeah, it resembles a horse cart. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Like, like, can't there be like a four-person Jeep? That we've piled into. Yeah, can this be a Jeep? Can this be yeah, a Jeep? Situation? We have a Jeep. <laughs> I will give you. I will give you a Jeep, but I will give you a one-day penalty for the Jeep. Uh, okay, well that's better than both of us crashing and dying. <laughs> Two of us wouldn't know how to drive them. Yeah. All right. So for the Jeep, four-day journey. <laughs> this is fair fun. enough. <laughs> All right. So you get back into your vehicle that we'll come up with a fun little zippy name for next time. <laughs> um, look like. Was it look like? Yeah. So next a long time, time Describe ago, our fantasy the <laughs> a long time ago, before the final fall, there were these things called cars. Bro, it's <laughs> just a car. No, it's not just a car. It is. Um, I know cars. I mean, no cars. You know about cars? Okay. <laughs> I also know about cars too, and cars three, and planes. I love so technology that survived the final fall. The cars franchise, Uber. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Lightning McQueen themed Uber. Yeah. Uh, it's I like propose this... the name the Batmobile because two of us are vampires. This is a great idea. You turn into bats. <laughs> And if you do, Can why we? are you taking a vehicle? Can we? Have we established this about vampires? We have a whole have channel about vampires. Please. I want Vega just walking through the woods and two bats on her shoulder. Well, here's the thing. Is we could, we could <laughs> both turn into bats, but that would be a lot slower. Yeah, bats like are not faster than your, yeah. than your like, land speeder situation. Um, so it's an open... It, I mean, pro it's probably a pretty wide range because there's lots of bats. <laughs> I think in D&D, &D, their speed is, like... Oh, this is about baseball bat, not uh, <laughs> the animal. So Vega hits you really hard with a piece of wood while you're in your bat form, and you just Vega does or Beck does. Um, <laughs> I think this might be Beck hitting oh, a free-tailed bat as a like what. Zillion free-tailed bats may achieve speeds of up to ninety-nine point four two miles per hour, according to Batcon.org. Damn, Brazilian! I believe that Batcon.org is actually run by Bruce Wayne. Is uh, is there Brazil? Is there Brazil? Is there Brazil? There is a superhero named Batman, but he's actually just a vampire. <laughs> so, does Brazil exist? Yeah, the rest of the countries are you know fantasy countries of you know this fake world, <laughs> but there's also one called Brazil. It's the exact same shape and location in relation to the equator as Brazil. On fantasy Instagram, we all get like comments that's like, "Come to Brazil." <laughs> no, you do that. I, the other two of us are not famous. 
Also, Crow's targeted ads would not be sending him to Brazil. (laughs) Crow's targeted ads are sending him the Ford Model T. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you get in your vehicle. It is a steel gray. (laughs) It's a steel. I'm a top drum. Homie, I'm trying. (laughs) So it's a steel gray with a. Uh, leather interior. This was artifice by a mem- by a group, couple of people, like within the Hydressi clan, specifically uh, for Tana and uh, her family. But Tana's also like low key has poached this. It's her ATV. It's her Jeep. This is my car. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when your parents would like buy like a toy or a game for like the family, and you're like, you okay. for me. Did you give it a paint job? Um, yeah, it came as a like a base like steel gray. Like it's just the metal welded together with a small engine um like in the back part sort of like a you know like how VW bugs used to have the engines in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the I've captain now. Yeah, I've definitely painted it. Um I've paid somebody to paint it. Um more to like a reddish color. Like rust red or like blood red? Like blood red. Nice. Is it sparkly? Yeah, of course it's sparkly. So in your sparkly blood red, not Jeep, even though its body is decently similar to a Jeep, you guys <laughs> pile in and Tana um, pulls on the lever to uh, back on the lever to turn it on and grabs the other lever with the hand for like, that's like a steering stick. And you speed away to the south towards Team A. The moon's setting as you journey. <laughs>